Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The number for you to join us here, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, you can bring up anything that happens to be on your mind. Tonight, in the studio with you, you've got Ian. Bonnie. And nobody. Uh, so last night we got into this story about the Robin, or not Robin Hood, about the GameStop and this Reddit community that has targeted GameStop as a stock, a de- sort of this dying company to mm-hmm. prop up and also at the same time attack the hedge funds out there, which, mm-hmm. as I learned last night, are stock trader types who, you know, have got a bunch of money and they put bets basically uh, on companies that they think are going to die. And they essentially do mm-hmm. that by borrowing the stock for that company from people, mm-hmm. selling that stock at the moment that they borrow it for whatever the price is, mm-hmm. then expecting that it's going to go down later. If it does go down, they repurchase the stock on the market, giving mm-hmm. it back to whomever they borrowed it from and making whatever the difference was in the process. Uh, yeah, that's called a short sale. Yeah. Uh, you can carry out an equivalent thing by uh, running up a whole bunch of debt on your credit card and buying crypto. If you think the dollar is going to disappear sometime soon, or mm. you don't really care what the credit card companies think of you. In that case, you're saying the crypto <laughs> would go up in value, not down. Uh, well, the crypto would go up in value, but the dollar would go down. Every time you go so short on the one dollar. thing, you go long on something uh, else. Okay, right. So, uh, so anyway, what happened was these people went in and they bought a bunch of game spots or GameStop stock. And that pumped the price up of the GameStop, which had been just tanking for the last few years, because who wants to go to a physical video game store anymore? Uh, I'd, I'd be happy to go to just about any place physical these days. But, well, um. <laughs> it was a, even before COVID, it was, a, it was a company that was on the way out. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and they brought the stock price up from like 13 bucks to over $300 in less than a month. Uh, and as a result okay. of that, uh, there's all these short positions from these hedge fund managers that had to be filled because the price started going up. Well, now that these people are not only buying the stock, but they're also agreeing to not sell the GameStop uh, mm-hmm. stock at these high prices, which means the prices keep going up even higher because there aren't that many stocks available to purchase yeah that's not going to turn out well though that's not for the hedge fund managers well it's not going to turn out well for the buyers either it's more or less a ponzi scheme because what what's going to happen is is some people who realize that the uh that the stock is far above its its true well uh true value Mm -hmm. if they know you're doing that will be buying it and then uh buying it and selling it um or or shorting it sooner or later what goes up must come down oh yeah i don't know how they long they're gonna they be can't able to keep it up in the air forever no yeah, doubt i was wondering how can they just not sell it well how can they make money if they just don't sell it well you only make money when you sell it but they're yeah. they're coordinating on this uh, reddit community called wall street bets 
and they're you know to the best that they can voluntarily coordinate obviously they can only ask people to not sell um, but some people have sold and they've paid off their college loans uh, or they've you mm. know they've uh, they've bought some expensive medicine for their mother or they, there's people giving examples of the ways they are mm. selling but ov- overall the message is to hold on and keep the supply of this stock very very low so when these hedge funds have they have to go and buy the stuff mm. back that means they have to bid the price up even more to get whatever's left uh, so are the they doing hodl memes I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in the. They should the Reddit. do auto memes. That's what we did. But there's an update here because <laughs> one of the things that was pointed out last night is that the reason why this sort of buying is even possible in the first place is because over the last decade there have been methods for people to buy stocks directly that hadn't existed previously. Mm-hmm. It used to be you had to go through some sort of a broker and then he had to go and place an order and you know there was there was like some some steps involved. But now mm-hmm. with with apps like and we mentioned this one Robinhood. Uh, they're not an advertiser, but I have the app just to see what all the hubbub was about. I'd heard that there was a lot of you know talk about this thing, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll play around a little bit. I'll throw a little bit of money at a couple of stocks just to see what happens. I haven't I hadn't bought stocks in two decades, and uh, two decades ago, mm-hmm. I only bought a couple just as a as an experiment. You can also buy crypto through Robinhood. That's what, yeah, what, what my put, brother's doing that. Yeah, and that's what put them on my radar. Actually, was that they mm-hmm. they started doing Bitcoin. I'm like, okay, well, this is worth looking at. I used my first stimulus check and put it in. I only got like $50. I should have done cryptocurrency, but I didn't really know about it. You might get another stimulus check. So who knows? You have another chance. Hmm. Uh, but so that's what Pour brought it to out me. that stimulus. That's what brought Daddy it to my attention uh, in the first place. And so we mentioned this Robinhood app as a way that someone could buy a single stock, right? You don't have to buy a bunch of stocks. You, you don't have to buy a fund or whatever. You can buy hmm. whatever little stocks or big stocks that you want to. Well, not anymore. According to uh, news, Robinhood has now restricted trading in the GameStop spot or uh, stock. And according to CNBC, retail brokerages restricted trading in GameStop and other stocks caught in a frenzy that has captivated Wall Street and caused big losses for hedge funds. Free stock trading pioneer Robinhood, and what they mean by free is that, from what no I understand, fees. there's no per trading like fee, mm-hmm. right? Because it used to be back in the day, if you wanted to buy a stock. You had to pay the brokerage a fee to make the trade or the purchase for you. And apparently- yeah, Ameritrade, uh, it was a big deal when Ameritrade came out, and I think they were doing like 4% or something, and mm. that was supposed to be really good. So, yeah, I, I, wonder, uh, I wonder what their business model is. That's a good question. Uh, free stock trading pioneer Robinhood and interactive brokers said that in some cases, investors would be able to sell only their positions – and not open new ones. Bro- both brokerages raise margin requirements on certain securities. Robinhood told clients in a blog post it would close out some positions automatically if the client was at risk of not having the necessary collateral. Now, I don't know what that all means. To me, that's just stock Well, it talk. means that if they're, uh, if they're buying on margin, if they're borrowing the money to buy this, then uh, you know what I what I said. I don't know when it's going to happen, but mm-hmm. sooner or later that stock is going to crater. Yeah. So yeah. if they uh, if they borrowed a bunch of money to buy the stock, it's likely that brokerage is not just uh, not just uh, Robinhood, but other brokerages as well will close out those positions uh, while they're in the black, rather than risk. 
the uh, the stock going through the floor while they're still owed money, and then the brokerage has a bad debt on its hands. So that's not if it's if it's leveraged, then it's not surprising that the that the brokerage would be. Uh, closing those those accounts. Hmm. Well, it's still not um, clear because it does say that they're restricting transactions to position closing only. Does that mean you can only sell in that uh, case? Is that what that, that means? Yeah, that would mean that you could get out of a tra- out of a position and mm-hmm. back into cash. Yeah, but you could not open up another um, another opinion. What they're doing is probably technically illegal. Um, by blocking their clients from making that, a purchase? Uh, no, I'm saying what the clients are doing is probably technically illegal. By agreeing to, um, to buy or sell a stock? Uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's technically a pump and dump. Um, although, well, let, let's put it But it's it not based way. on it a rumor. It's illegal for, for brokers to do it. Uh-huh. Whether it's illegal for the general public, I can't say. Cause well, they don't have any insider information. I mean, they don't have any insider information. Well, the They're insider not... information that they have is what they themselves are doing. Sure, but it's not um, private. It's public on the on this particular group. It's not like they they don't have that's like an insider. True. They Usually, this kind of thing is done secretively. Yeah, they don't have a tip from somebody inside the company saying, "Hey, this thing's right. going to happen." And then because that's normally what you know an insider info is. Well, that's right? like normally you... what it is. But if Osama bin Laden. Had had called you up and the day before nine eleven and said, "Hey, I'm going to knock down these buildings," and mm-hmm. you'd shorted United Airlines based on that. That would technically be insider trading as mm-hmm. well because you had non-public information right. that was material to the stock. Uh, so anyway, Robinhood, which is supposed to be this, not that I think Bin Laden did it, which is supposed to be this app that empowers people to make their own stock trades, is now cracking down on GameStop and old, and other ones, including AMC Theaters, which we were talking about last night as well, uh, restricting the trades of these things. Although I did buy AMC through Robinhood last night, and the trade went through this morning, so maybe they put the restriction in at some point today. And anyway, more coming up here six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Join us. It is Free Talk Live, and of course you can join us here at 603-283-6160. Thought you were going to go out and buy some GameStop or AMC stocks? Well, not on Robinhood. They have limited the uh, those stocks as well as others to what they, I guess, what they consider to be failing. Whatever's failing, I guess, <laughs> they're limiting, or maybe they're limiting only the ones which have big short positions by their parent company, uh, which apparently... Mm. Uh, now, now I have not seen this confirmed, but rumor has it, and you've seen this apparently somewhere today, nobody. That I, I've seen the rumor. I have not looked into it to confirm. Yeah, rumor has it that this Robinhood app is actually partially owned by one of the hedge funds that is hurting big time financially right now by this whole GameStop uh, situation that we've been talking about over the last day here on Free Talk Live. With you in the studio tonight, by the way, it's Ian. Bonnie. Nobody. And also, I uh, want to invite you to check out Bitcoin.com because, you know, stocks, eh, they're not that exciting. But what's happening with these stocks are pretty pretty interesting. But besides that, we love talking about cryptocurrency here on Free Talk Live. And one of the things that makes cryptocurrency like Bitcoin better than stocks is that you don't have to ask anyone's permission 
to get involved in cryptocurrency. You don't have to go through a know your customer process, jumping through hoops, giving over social security numbers, personal addresses, financial history, bank accounts, uh, statements, things like that. To- Not if you meet me in the alley behind the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So there are ways to get cryptocurrency that don't involve all the sort of inside the system stuff, which is, of course, the only way you can get a hold of stocks. So if you want to learn about uh, Bitcoin, that's just one aspect of Bitcoin that makes it unique and makes it special, makes cryptocurrency different. Uh, Go to Bitcoin.com. They'll tell you about Bitcoin and they'll tell you about Bitcoin Cash as well while you're there in the Get Started section of Bitcoin.com. If you're not so new to cryptocurrency, then you can get the latest headlines over at News.Bitcoin.com. So... I've decided that I'm going to call Bitcoin Cash Bitcoin, and I'm going to call Bitcoin Bitcoin Legacy. Okay. All right. Uh, so Robinhood.com in their blog post today, here's their excuse. And, and by the way, I did check the app. So last night when we were talking about this subject, AMC Theaters was mentioned as a possible another one of these things that Wall Street bets may be targeting. Dogecoin also. Oh, they went after Doge today? I heard the, the headlines so on that. Heard. Okay, that's interesting because I also heard that Wall Street Bets bans any talk of cryptocurrencies. Really? Yeah. Well, screw so, them then. So, yeah, I don't know what the truth <laughs> about that is. Um, but regardless, this company, Robinhood, they put out a statement late in the day today. So the trade I made last night to buy AMC did go through. So they fulfilled that this morning. But now if you go and you look at AMC on their app, it is restricted and you cannot purchase it. You can mm. only you can only sell it. You can't see if it went up or you can see if it went up. up. Yeah, it, and in fact, it went down since yesterday. Um, so they may not be actually doing AMC. There was just talk about it. Yeah. See, these these stocks are going to slowly deflate. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I was going to make a move after hearing the news that I heard about what happened yesterday, my move would have been to short short the stock mm-hmm. um, on the assumption that. Yeah, it may not go down immediately, but it has to go down mm. sooner or later. It it can't just defy gravity. Sure. Um, in this case, AMC was at like 13 bucks yesterday. So they hadn't been doing the pumping of AMC yet, it didn't seem like, compared mm. to what they'd been doing with GameStop. Yeah, I was thinking more of uh, shorting GameStop. As, mm-hmm. uh, the- but how do you short? Okay, so this is why I don't know a whole lot about stocks, right? So as mm-hmm. I understand it, with the hedge funds, they're borrowing the stock to short it to then sell and, and then they have to rebuy it later. Mm-hmm. If you as an individual are shorting it, who do you borrow it from? Um, well, you tell your broker you want to short, and mm-hmm. he, interestingly enough, unbeknownst to his other investors, uh, borrows the stock from them because he holds everybody's stock and uh, oh. and lends it out. So he's kind of going short um, on that, and he will ultimately be responsible for making sure that they get their shares back, which is why they're so serious about recollecting on shorts, I because see. if Sounds you like don't get it back to him, he's going to have to buy it. It does sound scummy like a bank, for sure. Uh, it is yeah. It is very much like fractional reserve when you do this, um, and naked shorts are are worse. A naked short is... When you basically, through some sort of skullduggery, uh, take a short position when you don't actually own the thing, and uh, 
and companies will occasionally do that mm. as uh, as ways of manipulating the market, and it creates the illusion that more of this stuff exists than actually exists. That sounds more illegal than what the Reddit people did. Oh, well, I yeah, suspect that's it's fully naked illegal. Shorts are de- are definitely in fraud. Territory. Oh, is it? Oh. Okay. Yes, naked shorts fraud. But normal shorting, totally illegal. Normal shorting is, I mean, it's legal provided you do it within the regulatory limits placed on such things. So Robinhood claims their mission is to democratize finance for all, which, of course, now they're deciding as a central authority to restrict certain stocks from being purchased. So Without any voters. Yeah, I'm not sure how this is democratizing anything, but they say we're proud to have created a platform that has helped everyday people from all backgrounds shape their financial futures and invest for the long term. We continuously monitor the markets and make changes where necessary. In light of recent volatility, we are restricting transactions for certain securities to position closing only, meaning you can only sell, and then they list what appears to be at least six or maybe a dozen different companies, including AMC and including uh, GameStop. We also raised margin requirements, they say, for certain securities. They say amid significant market volatility, it's as important as ever that we help customers stay informed. That's why we're committed to providing people with educational resources. And then they go on to talk about how they have all these resources, but the reality is they're not letting their customers make a decision. They're telling their customers now, we'll only allow you to make one decision, which is to sell. I wonder uh, if this is the first time they've done anything like that. Great question. Um, it, it, it is an interesting question. And, and yeah, I mean, I understand their thinking. They don't want to be left with bad debt. And and they're, they're going to be just as aware, probably much more aware than I am, that these that these stocks can't defy gravity forever. Um. So, you know, it's it's just like whenever anything bubbles, you know, you want to get out at the top if you want to make money. You don't want to you don't want to hold a bubble or or it will pop. That's well, why I'm confused about why they're just holding them. I'd be scared to do that. Why they why who's hold, Oh, the, the, the GameStop people. Yeah. Well, they they think they can keep pushing it up. The, their goal is yeah, to keep pushing the uh, definitely going to be a diminishing returns on that. I suspect you're right about that. <laughs> uh, I, and I haven't looked at the price today, especially now with all of the restrictions going into the place. Now, the, a really big mm-hmm. question is, where can you buy GameStop? Because you can't buy it on Robinhood. What other restrictions mm-hmm. have been placed in the market uh, or by these various different traders or brokers to restrict? I mean, how many different places can you actually buy this stock through? So if you it's know, it's hard to say. Even the even the Nasdaq itself uh, was froze stopped, trading, uh, yeah. froze trading several times yesterday. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. If you want to join us here, and turns out there's now a, a class action lawsuit that has been filed, according to Vice.com, against Robinhood. Oh, that was quick. Yeah. And as, it, I'll be really curious to see how that turns out. Me too. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that on the way here. Again, if you want to weigh in, 603-283-6160. You can join us on the radio. And also, you can bring up anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now. Click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website, all put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. 
It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Bonnie. Nobody. And, of course, you can bring up anything you want. We'll go to your calls and thoughts. Plus, coming up, Robinhood, the stock trading app that supposedly allows you to make your own decisions about buying which stocks you want to buy, has decided, nope. They're going to decide for you. Uh, you're not going to be able to buy AMC theaters. You're not going to be able to buy GameStop. You're not going to be able to buy about a dozen uh, different stocks. Bath and Body Works. Was that one of them? Yeah, and that they've been like a store that's been known to be dying, so that's probably what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's probably... Uh, although there's a lot more dying businesses out there than that. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they actually went on this Reddit thing and, and basically said if it looks like these people are trying to manipulate a yeah. particular stock we're gonna we're gonna kill trading on well it. the nasdaq ceo yesterday was saying that they are quote-unquote monitoring social media chatter uh, about these sorts of things so mm-hmm. they definitely have some guys or whoever sitting in a room somewhere looking at this reddit mm-hmm. and just watching yeah i've seen uh i've seen pump and dump groups for crypto Mm -hmm. um i've seen telegram groups for that and uh never really never really participated but it's yeah i'm uh, not a believer in interesting to see yeah i I support them i'm not Mm -hmm. you know a believer necessarily in that that whole strategy but i think that what they're doing here is proven to be effective at least right now because these Mm -hmm. uh hedge fund managers don't know what to do about this i mean they've got these short sell bets that they've placed and apparently there's a way that you can you can see them because they were able to see that these uh these shorts were there on these stocks i don't mm-hmm. know how all that works but apparently you can just look and see oh look there's all these short positions and um, so you can you can buy up the shorted stocks and really screw these hedge funds over yeah i, I don't think you can see who holds short positions but i think you can see uh, the number of short positions that are out there as mm. like as a percentage of the like per stock. total market cap. Yeah. Uh yeah, on e- on each stock. The way the article I was reading the other yesterday made it sound like they were able to identify who the short holders were. So I don't know if that's true. Uh if you are a stock trading, you know, yeah. guru and you know how this stuff works, you want to weigh in, let us know at 603-283-6160. Yeah. Well, uh, they may be able to know that just from the prospectus of the hedge fund, generally a mutual fund, a hedge fund, anything like that publishes what it's doing, what it's in, oh, so you know right. whether to buy it or not. That so, makes sense. Yeah, if somebody's reading the prospectus, so they might they have been looking well at know. the hedge fund's own documentation to find out what they own. Uh, it's that possible, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's available online in terms of that information. They're very case. resourceful. This group. I mean, they mm-hmm. uh, there's two there's there were two point something million people in it when the article that we were reading reading yesterday had been written. And by the time we checked out the site last night, it was three point six million people in the group. So wow. there were you know another fifty percent. <laughs> 75% growth in the membership of this uh, Reddit group, which I believe is Wall Street Bets is the name of it. All one word. Let's go to yeah. James. He's in Michigan. James says he's been watching this carefully uh, over the last uh, some amount of time. Go ahead, James. What's, uh, what's up? So uh, yesterday I did manage to get some EMC on Robin Hood, uh, figuring that I missed the GameStop 
a spike at 140. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I was wrong about that because wow. <laughs> it ended up hitting 400 last night. Wow. And uh, and then so I was watching Robinhood this morning. I was, it was up to AMC was up to 19 plus overnight, and then as it got about 15 minutes to open this morning. I get a message from Robin Hood saying that you couldn't buy anymore. You mm-hmm. could only uh, close your uh, your holdings. And so does that mean you could get your cash tanking. out? Well, you can get your cash out. You can close it. In other words, yeah. you could only sell, you couldn't buy. Mm-hmm. So there's only one place for that stock to go at that point. That's because they if want to force. It, they, yeah, they yeah. want to force people into the the selling position of this stock because they themselves, Robinhood, the company that apparently is at least part owner of Robinhood, is the very same hedge right. fund that held all of the, you know, that held all of this uh, these short positions. And so as I was watching through the wow. day, I was watching it like a soap opera. Uh, apparently, there's two lawsuits already filed: one in New York and one in Chicago, mm. claiming that. Mm-hmm. That they had vested interest in it, and it, uh, it was like a class action lawsuit already filed by the end of the the close of court today. That's amazing. The state is suing them. No, or no, who? no, no, individuals. Class yeah. action. That's a group of people. Uh, Normally, uh, I would say that Robin Hood was safe uh, from suits, but if there's really a, a conflict, conflict of, of interest. interest there, then I would say that they could be in some some deep trouble mm. so uh as of five thirty or 6 tonight i got a message from robin hood saying oh i'm sorry we couldn't do that today there was too much volatility we couldn't allow that trading but tomorrow we're gonna allow some really yeah what does that mean are they and going we may to... have to stop it if it gets too bad again basically well when they say they're going to allow some trading does that mean they're going to all of a sudden change to to allow people to buy amc or gamestop yes that's what it said unless they deem there's some reason that they have to stop it again which they already did today so now they're reversing mm-hmm. their position and they're saying well we reserve the right to reverse our position again well, right. generally, whenever an exchange halts trading or even a brokerage, although it's rare for a brokerage to do it, they're going to, I would expect to see it, it that in place for a matter of hours, uh, not a matter of days, um, right. usually. The other side of this, too, is it's not just Robinhood. It's, it's basically all the consumer-grade trading sites. So all the all of them are locking down GameStop, AMC and you know Bed Bath or whatever in these other ones. As best I can tell, yeah. So where are people buying? How are these purchases happening? Is it only the elite uh Wall Street traders that have access to it now to buy it? It feels like it. <laughs> uh, I think if you still have a regular broker, you wouldn't have a problem. You could do it. Okay. Uh, if you're paying commissions and stuff, the thing about these sites is they sell your information, like all sites that are free. Mm-hmm. Well, but even TD Ameritrade put out. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but even TD, TD Ameritrade, which is a broker, um, as I understand it, they put out a notice yesterday restricting GameStop and AMC. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I, I guess I I don't know how far it goes. I just know I was watching the soap. I have Reddit on there, and I've been following it on Twitter. And there's got to be a thread on like the Reddit box. somewhere, right? Like, there's a thread. There must be a thread that says, "Here's where you can buy these stocks." Like, where have these not been restricted? 
uh, if anywhere. I've seen hmm. I've seen one post that listed a couple, and I never heard of them. Kind of off the wall hmm. place. Who knows if they're overseas, right? Yeah. It's interesting. I didn't so, know. They, then, I didn't know they had overseas uh, traders in U.S. stocks. Is that a thing? Oh I, yeah, you can. Yeah, huh. you can trade overseas yourself if you'd like. I, I'm sure that your know your customer steps up quite a level though. Right. <laughs> James, anything else you want to share about what you observed today about this situation? Yeah, there was uh, uh, one more letter that was interesting. That was kind of speculation, no proof, but uh, apparently uh, an employee of Robinhood was in on a meeting where they received several calls telling them they had to do this, including mm-hmm. a call from the White House. So, Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Well, no way to the prove that, of thickens. course. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Democrats are all about uh, preventing people from trading, mm. um, you know. And, so much for helping the little guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you have to have uh, something over a million dollars in order to invest in a startup legally. That's right. Yeah, and that's right. one of the ways that that they take they prevent poor people from getting rich. James, thanks for the call tonight. I do appreciate your uh, your assessment of what's been going on. Uh, we do have information on this lawsuit. One of them, apparently, James is there now too. But one of the suits against Robinhood by a class action group saying that uh, they should not have restricted GameStop and these other companies from being traded, as they have done. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. Of course, you can also bring up anything you want here on Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Still talking about the discussion we had in the first hour or so of the last night's show, which was this whole GameStop, Wall Street, Bets, Reddit uh, situation where individuals who've self-organized on an internet forum, which is what Reddit essentially is, uh, they have managed to screw over some of the largest hedge funds in the United States. Good and, for them. Yeah, and <laughs> Wall Street is not happy about it. The entirety, it almost seems like the entirety of the stock market system is clamping down in a very uh, frightened manner. Like, oh my God, we didn't ever think that the little people would figure out how to work our system. Mm-hmm. And they they have. And they've worked it to the point where they have made tremendous amounts of uh, increases in the value of the, the GameStop mm-hmm. prices that they or the uh, the GameStop stock prices that have been shooting up over the last month as this plan uh, has been put into effect. So one of the things that they've done is they've uh, these companies like Robinhood, these stock trading apps, have put in restrictions saying, well, nope, we're not going to let you buy any more GameStop or AMC theaters or various different other failing companies. Because if you do, they they think that uh, their buddies in the hedge funds are going to lose even more billions because they have lost billions of dollars already. Some are saying these hedge funds are now bankrupt as a result of this. I'd be really curious to see if these Reddit boys were in the position to do a hostile takeover. Um, Of what? Of GameStop. Really? Well, if you own enough of the stock, I mean, if they happen to have 50% plus Mm -hmm. or can find some 
large shareholders who are uh, who are uh, friendly to them, then they could replace the board. And yeah, they could certainly <laughs> vote. change the business model of the company. <laughs> yeah, they could certainly uh, replace board members, even if they don't have. You know, even if not one of even if one of them doesn't have the majority, if enough of them have, you know, sort of. Oh yeah, they can just sign over proxies to mm-hmm. each other and just have one guy go in there with with all of their proxies. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the market cap of uh, GameStop is. I had but, no idea you could just become the owner of GameStop that way. That's uh, well, ordinarily you can't unless you're Warren Buffett, but. These guys apparently have organized very well. And yeah, if you get a million people together and they each kick in, you know, $10,000, you can you can buy a small company that way. Wow. Yeah. And well, when the GameStop price was at $3 a share or whatever, you know, bottom of the barrel price, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be hard for your average investor to get in on this thing, right? And, and get a right. fair number of, of shares of this thing if they got in early on on this. Um, I don't know enough about how stocks so work. it was $3 a share when they started? No, I don't know when it, what it was when they started, but I know it was lower than... So the, the news story we read last month said it went from 13 and, and change or something like that or 18 or something like that, all the way up to 370 over the last four weeks. But mm-hmm. I believe this began back in December. So it oh, probably okay. started when it was like five or six bucks a share, because I know it was down in the basement. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was just doing terribly as a, as a price. But what I don't know about um, public stock trading, I know, I know the basic idea of a public stock is a private company can make itself go public at some point when they want to get extra funding from the public right to do their business but then they have to open up to these things like letting average public members you know come in and buy pieces of their company and then have a say essentially have a have a vote in who gets on the board of directors right uh yeah generally a very small say well that's my question is when when a company goes uh, public does it have to make all of its shares public or is it like can there still be a 51 percent owner and then they let the other 49 percent out uh, um, to the public it's it's complex you can you can uh you can issue different kinds of stock mm-hmm. you can issue preferred stock and preferred stock does not come with voting rights but preferred stock gets paid off uh first if the company goes uh, uh goes bankrupt mm-hmm. um and i think they get first first crack at dividends mm. as well and they might have higher uh higher dividends and that's to uh and that's to make it easier for the company to limit the decision making uh by to the board shareholders of directors. Okay. Uh, not to the board of directors but by uh b- but by holders of the common stock mm. which still oh. has voting privileges so some companies have preferred and common stock uh, yes and do some just have common um i don't know i think you mm. might uh, oh yes, some definitely just have common, which would be only voting shares. Mm-hmm. I don't know if companies have to issue preferred sh- uh, have to issue common shares mm-hmm. before they can issue preferred shares. Um, that I don't know. But in theory, if GameStop has these common shares, then these guys could own a piece of the like they could actually have control over the board of directors in theory uh yeah in theory if they've bought half that mm-hmm. company and it sounds like you know they've got a lot of market cap it's interesting 
Oh, yeah. So Robinhood is facing a class action lawsuit, according to Vice.com, after the micro-trading platform deliberately blocked users from trading GameStop as the stock capitulated in value. The news shows some mere, uh, nearly immediate impact to Robinhood after the snap decision. Quote, Robinhood purpose, purposefully, willfully, and knowingly removed the stock GME, which is GameStop, from its trading platform in the midst of an unprecedented stock, thereby deprived retail investors of the ability to invest in the open market and manipulating the open market, the class action complaint reads. Fox Business journalist Linda or Lydia Moynihan tweeted news of the class action earlier today. Uh, GameStop stock has skyrocketed after members of the Wall Street Bet subreddit have deliberately tried to push its price higher, as we've been discussing. Robinhood's move has brought together some unlikely allies. After Motherboard reported Robinhood, Robinhood's action against GameStop and other companies' stock, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted that, quote, This is unacceptable. We now need to know more about Robinhood's decision to block retail investors from purchasing stock while hedge funds are freely able to trade the stock as they see fit. As a member of the Financial Services Committee, I'd support a hearing if necessary. Then Senator Ted Cruz wow, tweeted... never said anything I agreed with before. Well, and uh, apparently... actually t- kind of amazing. Ted Cruz now, also... If, they, if only they would do gold and silver. Yeah. Uh, Ted Cruz also agreed. So you've got both people on both sides of the aisle saying that uh, Robin Hood may have made a big mistake here. Yeah, it it smacks of unfairness when the when Nasdaq shuts down trading in a stock, they shut it down for everybody. Mm-hmm. But although these brokerages are presumably are presumably doing this for all of their customers, they have very defined tranches of customers you know mm-hmm. the people who are studying uh, who are uh, the people who are trading through uh, Ameritrade and Robinhood are not the same people who are trading through Shearson Lehman Hutton or whoever I actually I don't think that company exists anymore <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so nobody's trading through them but uh, <laughs> So there's your latest on the Robin Hood situation as it is continuing to develop with the GameStop and the uh, Wall Street bets. If you've been watching this closely, if you especially if you've been inside the Wall Street bets Reddit, you know what have you been observing in there? What are they talking about? What are they saying uh, is going to be their next step? Are they going to continue using this Reddit as their organizing focus, or are they going to move to a different platform? Because we've already heard that their Discord got shut down. Did you hear about that? Well, welcome to the club, guys. Yeah. Uh, Discord <laughs> shut them down, but they claimed it didn't have anything to do with the content of uh, stock trading. They said it was something about... Uh, violence. Yeah, committing yeah. violence or whatever. Well, the funny thing is, as we well know, if it wasn't a special case, Discord wouldn't have commented at all. That's true. Normally, they don't say why they shut you down. Well, so I would say that if they're saying, they're probably lying. Yeah, there's a good chance. <laughs> I mean, it's awfully strange that it happened at the exact same time as all the rest of this. As Church Lady would say, well, isn't that convenient? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And I don't know if Discord is publicly traded, but it wouldn't surprise me if some of these hedge funds had a piece of, uh, of Discord as well. Odd, quite possibly, or just the ear of somebody on their board. There's a lot of incestuous relationships throughout Wall Street. Yeah. After 
AOC tweeted that tweet you read mm-hmm. today. Ted Cruz replied that he fully agrees. And she said to him, I'm happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground. But you almost had me murdered three weeks ago. So you can sit this one out. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, that's on Twitter. She thinks the tourists were going to kill her while they <laughs> between selfies. <laughs> 603283. Oh, I hope one day she learns what a real revo- revolution looks like. 6160. That's 603283 6160. And of course, you can bring up anything you want. Take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. Having taken her father's throne, Sarah Calhoun has fallen out with one of her best allies, and her brother Nathaniel heads into Imperial Philadelphia with a reckless plan. Her uncle Thomas, armed with new powers and new allies, aims to remove Sarah from her throne and from the world of the living to survive and to gain the strength she needs to fight an impossible war. Sarah must unite the Mound Builder Kings to enact an ancient rite that will propel her beyond mortality. Servant Daughter by T.J. Butler is the newest entry in the Dragon Award-winning Witchy War series from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The number here is 603-283-6160. As we kick off the second hour of the program, of course, you can bring up what you want to discuss According to a post on the Wall Street uh, Wall Street Bets Reddit, someone claiming now you know, whether this is true or not, I don't know. It's just a post on the internet, but it's interesting. It says that Google just deleted over a hundred thousand negative reviews of the Robinhood app from their app store. Now, why would Google I believe them? Yeah, but why would Google be doing Robinhood's bidding in this particular case? Well. Because it's a great big club and you're not in it. I see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're all in the same club and none of us will ever be in that club. This is true. So if you want to weigh in here, you can. Uh, with you in the studio tonight, by the way, it's Ian. Bonnie. And nobody. Uh, coming up, I know, Bonnie, you wanted to talk about D.C. becoming the 51st state. We can get to that on the way How about here. if it becomes the 50th state and they can have our spot? Yeah, and that's that's definitely where uh, where I wanted to come from on it as well. It was, we've certainly <laughs> seen people talking about uh, secession here in New Hampshire and Texas and California and elsewhere. So it would be nice if they didn't have to change the flag. They could just let one state go and then, you know, D.C. can be a state at that point. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I've got some other related stories here to uh, to money. This one I've been sitting on for a couple of weeks, and I think it's interesting. Uh, we're we're, we're going to leave the United States here for a moment and go down to, uh, to Argentina, uh, down in South America, where the U.S. dollar has long been the most wanted foreign currency, according to Coindesk.com. But these days, people can't stop talking about DAI. Do you guys know what DAI is? No. D-A-I? Uh, I've held it uh, a couple of times. Okay, so what it is, is it is a stable coin uh, that is based on the, the U.S. dollar's value. Uh, it really? is, But it is not a dollar-backed 
dollar stable coin. So what makes DAI interesting, and I'm not going to do a good job of explaining it because there's some intricacies that I can't really you know explain. Uh, but basically, DAI is backed not by dollars like most stable coins, because most for listeners that aren't familiar, most stable coins are cryptocurrency tokens that are f- that are physically backed by dollars in a bank account somewhere. So when you if you've ever heard of Tether. Tether is the number one stable coin. It's currently actually the Which third. Which is arguably backed by dollars in a bank account somewhere. Right. Now, whether they've been audited. Allegedly. Yeah, right. So whether they've been audited for that or, or not is another question. Or whether you believe the auditor is, is, again, another question. But supposedly, dollars exist in a bank account. DAI, on the other hand, is backed by cryptocurrency deposits that are sort of over-deposited. So when you, I think it's like when they're minting new DAI, they require people to deposit either Bitcoin or Ethereum, for instance, Mm -hmm. and then they over-collateralize. That's the word I was looking for. They put in way more Bitcoin. So if they're going to mint $1,000 worth of DAI, they might have to put in you know $2,000 worth of Bitcoin or something like that. uh, Which covers you so long as uh, Bitcoin doesn't Doesn't crater. Yeah. by 50%. Right. So they that's how they're doing this and there's more to it than than that as far as like how they manage to balance all the pricing to where it it stays at roughly a dollar's value. So anyway, in Argentina, that's what people are talking about. They're talking about this stablecoin, DAI, and DAI's volume has already grown at least sixfold in the year 2020, according to information provided by local crypto exchanges down there in Argentina including Satoshi Tango, Decrypto, and Ripio. Argentines, faced with a devaluation of their peso from just $0.02 cents to $0.006 cents in wow. just 18 months, and an annual inflation rate higher than 30%, are looking for ways to safeguard their value. So we're seeing something similar in Argentina now as what we've seen in Venezuela and, of course, Zimbabwe and other countries that have had failing currencies where they just crank up the printing presses. Oh, no, that's not it. They just have the cleverest speculators on Earth. They know what the rest of us don't on how to make money on falling dollars. I'm no, it's be- printing. I'm being brutally yeah, sarcastic. Yeah, it's, it's printing. Uh, but as they are only permitted to buy, so Argentinians are only permitted to buy up to $200 per month through official channels with an additional tax of 65% over the official quote, some Argentines are turning to stable coins like DAI. So I guess what they're saying is they're per- permitted only to buy $200 I see. Per per month in dollars. Okay, so oh. so if they want to take take their Argentinian pesos and convert them into U.S. dollars, they can only do up to two hundred dollars per month due to wow. government currency restrictions. Imagine thinking of the dollar as as safety. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. God, that is so path- that's sad. But it's the truth, nobody, and that's that's how. I, it, I mean, yeah. compared to compared to their their pesos, sure, right? The dollars as good as you know, really <laughs> crappy gold. Um, <laughs> the adoption of Dai became popular because, being a stable coin and having a quotation link to the U.S. dollar, many Argentines have decided to acquire it as an indirect form of dollarization, according to crypto exchange Wenbit in an email to CoinDesk. This is all taking place amid an overall crypto boom in Argentina, with crypto exchanges enjoying record growth in the year 2020. Sebastian Serrano, the CEO of Argentinian crypto exchange Ripio, told Coindesk the exchange's stablecoin trading volume grew 20 times in the year 2020. 
See if they weren't if they weren't economic morons in the Venezuelan government, and they really wanted to stick it to the U.S. What they'd be doing is is uh, is coming up here and giving us ways to escape the dollar into crypto without KYC. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, they only want to do what's going to benefit them, and they have, as you point out, no economic intelligence whatsoever. In yeah, they, they're, they're only going to do what they understand, because, yeah. I mean, you, have, you and I have proven that that can be profitable. <laughs> so, uh, quote, this is increasing month by month due to a local need for dollarization and a bullish crypto market promoting higher adoption. He said it's a perfect storm. Uh, according to Coindesk, Argentine's obsession with U.S. dollars has grown stronger in recent decades, mainly driven by high inflationary processes that have pulverized their pesos value. Quote, we have a relationship with the dollar that is typical of 70 years without a strong local currency. And DAI is an alternative to the dollar, says the CEO of Satoshi Tango, which is an exchange that started offering DAI in 2020 and increased by seven its business in Argentina during this last year. Wow. So huge demand coming out of Argentina uh, for this stablecoin. And as we've seen in Venezuela, if you look at the local Bitcoins numbers, local Bitcoins is a website where people can buy and sell Bitcoins across the planet, uh, usually somewhat directly to to one another. Venezuela and uh, Nigeria have been their two top countries as far Mm -hmm. as like per capita uh, purchases of, of Bitcoin. There are tremendous uh, volumes coming out of both of those countries. Hmm. And, of course, Venezuela is... Did I say Argentina? Venezuela is what I meant to say. Uh, right. but, but Argentina is also one of the, the top players at local Bitcoins. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I like what Nigeria says about it, but... Uh. <laughs> those people down there are doing a lot of Bitcoin down in Nigeria. You know, whether yeah, it's, it's legit or not is another question. I'd, I'd, maybe they're just piling up money for their next generation of princes. Some of them are. Um. <laughs> they're making new princes down there in Nigeria all the time with uh, with Bitcoin. But DAI is uh, built on the Ethereum blockchain, and it is stabilized to the value of the U.S. dollar and pegged one-to-one via what is known as the Maker stablecoin system. The cryptocurrency collateral viewed publicly on the Ethereum blockchain keeps DAI's value stable, unlike other popular stablecoins whose value is backed directly by U.S. dollars. And the other interesting thing about DAI is, from what I've heard, I'm not sure if this is 100% true, but from what I've heard, it's the only Ethereum stablecoin that does not have the ability for the central issuer to control the uh, the transactions. So if wow. if, for instance, on, let's say, I send you some Tether, Nobody mm. and whoever it was that sent me the tether goes to the tether company and says, "Hey, I got scammed or whatever. Take my tether back." Uh, or law enforcement goes to tether and says, "Hey, take this tether back from that person." They can undo it. They can right. centrally control and undo that transaction and bring it back. Now, how many levels they can do it for, I don't know, but they can do an undo on tether and a lot of these other Ethereum-based uh, stablecoins. But die, supposedly, they can't do that with. There's more coming up here. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Yep, it is Free Talk Live, the number 603-283-6160. If you want to join us, that's 603-283-6160. We, uh, we, we started talking about the whole stock market 
situation with GameStop and uh, some of these other companies that may be being bought up by Wall Street Bets, which is a Reddit community. Now, it does appear that uh, the Reddit group uh, is you know, maybe likely going to be under some amount of threat, given that they've already had their Discord deleted. Uh, so apparently some of the Wall Street guys or the Wall Street Bets group has gone to their own website, which is wsbets.win. And this is according to Singularity, who posted the link in our uh, in our Matrix chat. Now, if you want to get in the, uh, the Free Talk Live Matrix server, you can go to chat.freetalklive.com. And that'll give you the step-by-step instructions on how to get onto that server. And you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners there. Joining you in the studio tonight here, uh, it's Ian. Bonnie. Nobody. And uh, I want to say thanks to the guys over at AnyPay for being supporters here at Free Talk Live. And we're big fans of AnyPay uh, because every single day I'm pretty much in the community here in Keene, New Hampshire, and I'm using AnyPay to to buy uh, to buy a meal or to buy you know some other service like getting my car fixed. And AnyPay makes that so easy with their AnyPay 2.0. If you've got the right wallets, at least. If you're using Edge Wallet, you're all set. Uh, also, Bitcoin.com's wallet works great with AnyPay 2.0. Dash Wallet and HandCash, all totally compatible. But then there's some other wallets like Coinomi that unfortunately don't work at all. Uh, and Exodus Wallet also doesn't work, plus RelayX and Bread Wallet. So if you are a user of Coinomi, Exodus, RelayX, Bread, or any other wallet that sadly is not compatible with AnyPay 2.0, there are instructions on how you can reach out to those companies and those programmers over at AnyPayInc.com upgrade. And we certainly would appreciate it if you would help make the crypto marketplace better by asking these companies to, you know, nicely add AnyPay support, or rather pay protocol support, which is all explained to you over at AnyPayInc.com slash upgrade. AnyPayInc.com slash upgrade. As we continue here, we were discussing uh, you know some more money-related stuff, and then on the way we'll talk about D.C. possibly becoming the 51st state. But the news here out of Coindesk.com is about Argentina, where they've seen tremendous inflation in the Argentinian peso in recent years. Uh, In fact, they say that inflation is up to about 30% annually in the Argentinian peso, and that is not a good thing. It is, as you know, the inflation of the money supply takes value out of the hands of the holders of that money. So anybody that has had savings in the Argentinian peso has seen their savings just wasting away. Yeah, you still have the same amount of pesos, but they don't buy what they used to buy. So that's yeah. you're better off buying buying coconuts and leaving them sitting outside your your door. Right, or in this case they're buying the dye stable coins now because now they don't Easier have to, go- to store than coconuts. Yep, and they don't go bad. Uh, so, or at least in theory now, now will die, have an implosion and completely fail. I mean, I suppose that's a possibility. It could die. Yeah. But the people of uh, Argentina are betting that die is going to be more stable than the Argentinian peso. And so far history has proven them correct uh, on that. So although many stablecoins have grown in Argentina, DAI has been a star in the local market. And that success, according to important crypto players such as local exchanges uh, in Argentina, are partially explained by the early relationship that the company or the organization behind DAI, which is called MakerDAO, so it's not really a company. What, a, what DAO stands for is Decentralized Autonomous Organization. 
So this is a group of people that is brought together by this cryptocurrency, essentially, and they've come together for a common purpose. But it's not like a board of directors or your traditional kind of company organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buenbit started offering DAI in November of 2018. Now, this is one of the local exchanges there in Argenti- uh, Argentina, when Ripio also included the same stablecoin while it added USDC in August of this year. Now, USDC is one of those centrally managed dollar-backed uh, stablecoins. It's run by, I believe, Coinbase and Circle. And I think they're the second largest. So Tether is the number one, and then USDC is, I believe, the number two stablecoin by uh, by market cap. Mariano de Petriano, Petriantonio, senior marketing manager, led uh, lead for the Maker Foundation. The foundation behind Dai says, "Quote: This world was always closer to trading and short-term speculation, but we position Dai as a savings tool, a more down-to-earth proposal." He said. Uh, in Argentina, crypto exchange Bitso recorded a trading volume of 2.3 million die during the month of November, while its Mexican business, where the company holds 10 times more clients, only counted 883,000 die during the same month. So even though the Mexican version has 10 times the customer, customer base, the Argentinians did more than two point or yeah, more than two times the business in die. Wow, and it's not because the Argentina or Argentina's floating in money, um, or Venice is it? Argentina we're talking about Argentina, Venezuela. Yeah, we're talking it about Argentina. Argentina. Now, Venezuela is suffering even great, even greater yeah. losses of their currency, the uh, the Bolivar. True, true. So this is just another Venezuela in the making. Basically, the Argentinian peso mm-hmm. is in also a, a decline. I wonder if any of these companies will, or countries will ever see the light and just say, we're going to stop issuing currency and we're going to let people use just let the market something, decide something else. You know, uh, I think it's Costa Rica um, or right. Ecuador. One of those companies or one of those countries does very well just using dollars and they yeah. don't have um, they're not printing dollars. So they don't even have the. uh the level of dollar inflation that we have. I'm always wondering with like um, Venezuela, if their boulevard is so worthless, how is the government even doing well? Wouldn't the government want to be doing something where they're doing really well, even if the people are doing bad? But if their boulevard just sucks, then they're not doing so well in a lot of cases. Mm. I mean, the the the, the strong man uh, who's in charge of Venezuela, the so-called president there. If he was stronger, he'd be able to hold that currency up. <laughs> Nicolas Maduro, uh, he's he's you know having enough trouble holding his belt up. He's you know he's very well fed, uh, so he's taken care of. But some of the men in the yeah. military, as of just a couple of years ago, were like kidnapping goats and slaughtering them so they could have something to eat. So yeah. like, like they're even having a tough time paying their own military members and keeping them fed. There was a sc- uh, scandal down there because. During the uh, during some broadcast he was doing, he pulled out like a burrito out of his desk <laughs> and started eating, and this was <laughs> like a national scandal because everybody right. was like, "Don't eat in front of us! Right. We're They're hungry." hungry. <laughs> yeah, he did that. But why why would that be better than just having a really really booming economy? That's why I don't understand. Like, well, what what does the government get out of that? Like, what they get out of it is all of the they're they're the ones who are printing. These boulevards. I mean, they're not. They're hiring a company to print. Um, In Venezuela, they hire a private company. 
well, true, but when that company delivers the currency, yeah. they deliver it to the government, the government right. and then the government can give it who to whoever they want. So, you know, even if your counterfeit is only worth 10 cents on the dollar, you're still getting the whole 10 cents. Sure, but I mean, Bonnie, you do ask a larger question of why not? Why don't they want a booming economy? Why do they want to do this, you know, socialist insanity? And that, that's a much larger question. We can address that coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. What if the United States and the Soviet Union had fought on land, sea, air, and the astral plane, struggled for dominion across parallel dimensions, or on the surface of the moon? What wonders would have been unveiled? What terrors would have haunted mankind from those dark and dismal dimensions? Come closer, peer through a glass darkly, and discover the horrifying alternative visions of World War III. From some of today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror, Weird World War III. Available now from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. It is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want here. We're talking about bad money. In this case, specifically fiat currency. Not just the U.S. dollar, but the even worse ones, like the Argentinian peso and Venezuela. It's terrible Bolivar, which is now in its third iteration as the Bolivar Soberano, which means the sovereign Bolivar which replaced the Bolivar Fuerte, which means the strong Bolivar, which replaced the Bolivar. Which wasn't as strong as they made out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And with you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. Bonnie. Nobody. And Bonnie, you asked a really interesting question about, like, well, why are the, you know, why is Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela and the Argentinian government, you know, why do they keep doing this just debasing of their own economy when they could enjoy the wealth of a more free marketplace they are instead more interested in this crazy socialist plan that has just resulted in abject poverty in the streets hungry I people think they call it modern monetary theory now okay <laughs> but why the, the the question is why would somebody make this choice is it just because they are so bought in to their socialist belief system that they just can't see any other way. Is it mental illness? Yeah. It could be. Could be. Yeah. Well, they say insanity is repeating the same, same behavior thing over and over. Expecting different results. Right. And this has been tried before. You know, this is the same old situation. And mm-hmm. we know how it uh we know how it works out. It works out poorly for the average person. Uh, and it works out poorly for everybody, actually. You know, the poor certainly suffer the most. Obviously, the wealthy are probably still going to be able to find food uh, to put on their plates, but their wealth goes down dramatically as well because there's just not as much of it around, period. Yeah, but even the rich, average person there, it's not their fault. It is the government's fault. That's why I'm just wondering why does the government want to not even be the richest government in the world? Yeah, it's... Uh... I mean, my my theory has always been the guano loco. What is the, that? Uh, the um, bat s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> guano is Spanish for bat s. It's true. Yeah. Bat, bat droppings. Bat spur. crazy. So you're saying yes. they're crazy? Yes. Well, okay. Let's look at it from this perspective. 
these people got into the positions of power they got into by advertising socialism to the people, right? They're, the people mm-hmm. of a lot of these countries, they believe in socialism. When you look at the opposition of... Still, uh, somehow. Yeah. Well, when, well, usually when socialism fails, the other socialists say it's because of X, Y, or Z. Not because socialism is a bad uh, idea, but because the implementation in this case was, was failed, uh, was a bad uh, implementation. It so wasn't you, real socialism. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and so they say, well, if you if you elect me as your dear leader, then it will be true socialism and we will lead everyone into the, the socialist future of whatever it is they think that's going to be some sort something of something other than starvation. Yeah. Some sort of, you know, fake equality system being forced down everyone's throats. And so because people believe in socialism. You know, these guys would be at risk if they didn't keep pimping socialism. I mean, if yeah. if Nicolas Maduro got into office and then all of a sudden changed into a free market, uh, you know, activist or whatever, then would he be able to stay in office for very long after that? Yeah, and the reason that they see one of the one of the issues with socialists is they have this belief in the magical power of money that if we can just hand out dollars or hand out Mm. bolivars or hand out pesos, we can make everybody rich Rich. because it's just money, right? And Mm. they they don't understand that money is, uh, well, as Adam Smith wrote in Wealth of Nations, it is not for his money that the laborer labors, but for his money's worth, for the things that he's going to Mm -hmm. buy with that money. And, of course, if you're not producing anything and you're just handing out money, there's nothing to buy. Yeah, that's a good point. So they also have a fundamental failure when it comes to understanding the value of money and what money really represents. Mm -hmm. So if they don't understand that, then they'll never be able to really fix their problems. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They they mistake the map for the territory. Mm. Yeah, but are we talking about the people or the government? We're talking about the government. Uh, well, most the government, mostly, mostly the government. Yeah. But you know, the people are are ignorant enough to fall for it over right. and over, over and, and over, over again. And we're um, we're starting to see that the people who are able to wake up now, thanks to cryptocurrency, are able to escape this. Right. So, yeah. uh, and, and and so this is one of the things where Dash, the Dash cryptocurrency, you know, say what you want about Dash. I've got my critiques of it, but as far as its strengths, is they did some amazing work down in Venezuela. Uh, doing like they would rent out a hotel room, you know, like one of the presentation rooms, and they'd bring people in there and give them free Dash wallets and give them a little bit of Dash and, you know, give them a rundown on cryptocurrency and, you know, what makes the blockchain special and give them the basics, right? Like mm-hmm. basically do a Bitcoin 101, but for Dash and uh, and promote Dash as sort of alternative to the, uh, the Bolivar that can hold value better. Because uh, pretty much any cryptocurrency can hold value better than the Bolivar. So, you know, even though crypto is volatile, it's not as bad as, you know, because crypto goes up and down, whereas the boulevard just goes down, 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 down. (laughs) And so Dash did some amazing outreach in Venezuela. And that's the reason why Caracas may be the number one city in the world per capita. It may even be better than Keene, uh, New Hampshire. Wow. As far as, yeah, there, like, there have been stories You're like... You're not thinking of moving, are you? No. Uh, <laughs> like uh, like uh, Burger King, for instance, I believe, is one of the chains that has adopted cryptocurrency payments 
down there nice. in Venezuela. Yeah, and that's old news. That's like from 2019 or something like that. So, I mean, this a lot of this stuff has been going on yeah, there for years. I wonder if that's the Burger King Corporation or if they have the franchisees yeah, I think who it's did a, it. I think it's a franchisee. Okay, that but, makes sense. But the point is, they implemented not just Dash, but multiple cryptos. So you can spend Bitcoin Cash down there, uh, Dash, and other cryptocurrencies at the point of sale at the Burger King you know, menu system where you punch in your men, you know, your order. You can pay for it right there with crypto, from what I understand. you got to send Derek down there to pimp any pay. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. In fact, he's got a guy. There's actually an AnyPay guy that uh, that does that down there, from nice. what I understand. So so now we're seeing the same thing happening in Argentina, or rather Argentin- Argentina. Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> Purchase uh, where people are buying the DAI stablecoin, which is a dollar-based uh, dollar. I don't know if you can call it dollar based because it's not actually backed by dollars, but it's mm-hmm. priced at the dollar, backed by other cryptocurrencies. So I guess uh, if the, if it does go the way of the uh, of the boulevard, they're going to have to come out with the die hard next. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they could get Bruce uh, Bruce Willis to shill for it. Yeah. Duro de matar. <laughs> Argentines, according to Coindesk, have reasons to distrust the traditional money system. In 2001, through a process known as Coralito, dollar accounts were frozen and part of the money was returned in local pesos after a strong devaluation. Coralito means jacking. Is that right? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Well, it does now. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I knew somebody, uh, one of the girls I met down at Acapulco, at the Anarchapulco event, she was from Argentina. And when she was a little girl, it was 2001 when they were going through this, and they literally froze people's banking accounts and, and gave them a haircut or something like that. They just took wow. a ton of money uh, from people right off the top of what they, what they had. Taking a taking a lesson out of FDR's book there, not uh, surprisingly. The gold. Uh, according to the National Institute of Statistics and Consensus of the Argentine Republic, of the two hundred twenty-eight billion dollars that locals keep in foreign currency, only eight percent of it is banked. So I don't blame them. That's because they learned their lesson yeah. in two thousand and one. You keep the money out of the banks. You keep it in your safe or under the mattress or anywhere else besides in a bank account. So if you want to weigh in here on currency devaluation in South America or elsewhere, you're welcome to join us at 603-283-6160. That's two, uh, 603-283-6160. Plus, we can talk about uh, Washington, D.C. maybe becoming the 51st state. That's in the news. And uh, Kim.com is weighing in. Since we're talking about money uh, tonight, he's weighing in on the favor of Bitcoin Cash. If you know who Kim.com is, we'll tell you about him coming up. Free Talk Live. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about money, good and bad. We're talking about the bad, which is the fiat currencies of the world, which is just a uh, you know a ranking of bad, because they're all bad. Just some of them are worse uh, and being debased yeah. faster than others. 
the Argentinian peso is one example of that. And well, you know it's a bad lot if the U.S. dollar is best the of top breed. dog. Yeah, um. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Even so- after twenty twenty. I mean, it's still, I don't know. Is there something out there that's better than the dollar? Euro, maybe? Is the euro actually doing better um, than, the, than the dollar? I don't Because don't you so. get more I euros for a dollar? Uh, don't you get less dollars? Well, I forget how I, it works. I think it's about $2 or two euros to a dollar or some, or I'm sorry, $2 to a euro, but it's been at that price Doesn't forever. that mean the euro is stronger? The um, dollar? If you can get more dollars, really, because it's it's the rate of change that uh, that matters, and they've been like locked in that. Um, they've been locked in that relationship forever. Um, yeah, it's, I don't. I don't think it's. I. I don't think they're very volatile at all against each other. But if you can buy more, uh, if you can take euros and get more dollars for your euros, doesn't that by definition mean that the euro is stronger than the dollar? Well, if it's two euros to a dollar or it's two dollars. It's one point two dollars to each euro. Okay. Well, so you trade in one euro, was, you get one point two dollars. It was actually higher than that. It was like two dollars to uh, each euro. To to a euro a few years ago, mm. but but that doesn't really tell the tale because mm-hmm. you know if it if it was two dollars to a euro ten years ago and it was two dollars to a euro now that would mean that the euro is losing value at, at the, the same, same rate. rate as the dollar. Oh yeah, no doubt um, they're all so cranking the euro, it, it sounds like is actually losing value slightly faster. Than I see the what dollar. you mean. Um, so uh, in Argentina, they have been just you know ravaged by their government's monetary policy over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And we just pointed out that based on what happened to them in the year 2001, where their dollar accounts were frozen and part of the money returned in pesos after a strong devaluation. So they just jacked a bunch of money from the people that held bank accounts back then. Now, are we in Argentina? We're in Argentina. This is okay. Argentina. Okay. Uh, in Venezuela, you cannot legally trade the uh, the Venezuelan Boulevard for dollar. Right. You can't. So in Argentina, you can trade the peso for the dollar, but only up to two hundred dollars worth per month. In Venezuela, you can't even do that. In Venezuela, wow. if you want dollars, you have to get them on the black market. Mm-hmm. Now, it now one thing they have changed in Venezuela is last year they started to uh, unofficially. Look the other way at people pricing in dollars. So it used to be that you mm. could not price things in dollars. You could not legally accept dollars for goods. But now almost everyone in Venezuela has a dollar price and a boulevard pr- uh, price. And some places are only advertising their dollar price. And they are accepting dollars. It's just they can't take them to the bank. And they can't do right. anything with them except for trade them on the black market. Which is fine because there's plenty of people that are willing to do that uh, on the black market from what I understand. It's a crazy situation. So to go back to what's happening in Argentina, where because of this limitation that the government has imposed on the people of Argentina saying, you got Argentinian pesos, they're going down in value, we'll let you trade those pesos, but only up to $200 worth per month for dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, they're saying, well, we need more than $200 worth per month. So they're going to the crypto exchanges and they're trading their pesos there for the DAI stablecoin, which is a dollar stablecoin. So is Dai a stable coin? It is. Or is it growing in value? Because it's a stable coin. Okay. Backed by cryptocurrencies instead of backed by dollars. 
Okay, because it sounded like it was growing in value. It is not over time. Okay. Nope. Um, the backings may be growing in value over time, but the mm. die themselves are not. Now, from what I understand, there's some way to make an interest rate by doing whatever back-end stuff that they, they have available with die. So there's some interesting like mechanisms mm. that are behind the scenes that help keep the price where it is, that help to keep, keep the price of die at about $1. And it's too com- it's too complex for me to to recall. Uh, it's something that is worthy of a look at. Like if you're interested in things like stablecoins, yeah. this is I'd one. Definitely like to like to get some income from my crypto without necessarily parting with my crypto and going mm-hmm. into something else. So it sounds like this offers some there is sort a way of to opportunity do that. Yep. like that. Uh, purchases of DAI and other cryptocurrencies occur most strongly during the first 10 days of each month when Argentinians collect their salaries in pesos and seek to dollarize their incomes as soon as possible, according to uh, one of the, the people from the exchanges. They said that transactions at a decrypto exchange, whether purchases or sales, usually fluctuate between two and $400, according to private information provided by the company. Individuals aren't the only ones interested in DAI. The uh, partner at the financial and crypto consultancy Consulting firm Bix or Bix said in an interview that he's receiving higher quantity of inquiries from companies also seeking to enter the Dai ecosystem, given the constant obstacles to acquiring dollars in the official market. Many questions come particularly from small and medium-sized firms looking for a reserve of value for their surpluses and needing to execute payments abroad. And of course, best thing for them to do is just accept it and trade. Sure. Then they don't have to pay anybody. They don't have to go through KYC. Nobody knows they have it. Well, one of the biggest problems, though, with using Ethereum-based cryptocurrencies is the ridiculous fees. And we were actually talking about this at tonight's uh, crypto meetup here in Keene. Uh, there were there was a guy there who was kind of new into the whole token situation. He had some questions about you know how do you mint the where do you mint a token? You know do you do it on the Ethereum blockchain? And I suggested that he take a look at Ravencoin and he take a look at Stellar as as alternatives to doing it on Ethereum because when you do these things on the Ethereum blockchain, then you have to pay the Ethereum fees. And the mm-hmm. Ethereum fees right now are very expensive. I mean, Bitcoin fees are bad. Ethereum fees are about as bad. As oh, wow. as Bitcoin fees, yeah, I I've done Ethereum transactions recently and have paid five to ten or twelve dollars for Ooh. an Ethereum transaction. Ain't so nobody got time for that. So if you're gonna go buy a hamburger at Burger King, you know, in Venezuela or Argentina or whatever, you're not gonna want to pay another five dollars on top. Have to buy the whole cow. Yeah. So you know that that just doesn't play for the average sort of retail user of a of a cryptocurrency stablecoin what we need to have is something like you know stellar where the fees are very very low all the time at least some from what i've seen now would bch be an appropriate uh oh it requires a smart contract no bch um has tokens so they could totally okay. um you know be well, on I know they BCH. have tokens but i'm wondering if uh di uh die is uh implemented as a smart uh yeah there contract. is some smart contracting going on with die so yeah it's a good good question on that yeah, you'd have to see if, if I think BCH, uh, BCH is, would be up to the task. Yeah, I don't know what level of smart contracting they've added to BCH, but I think there's some, if not some, on the horizon. What is smart hmm. contracting? That's a good question. Um, it is a way to, uh, at least with the Ethereum blockchain, what it, what makes Ethereum different from Bitcoin fundamentally is that Ethereum is sort of a decentralized processor for computer commands, and hmm. these commands are issued by these contracts. 
and the contracts are written by programmers, and the programmers, well, sometimes they put accidentally bugs into these contracts, and those uh, the contracts have not been re- very solid, and that has resulted in in people that are like really smart programmers looking at the contracts and finding the bugs and then exploiting them and just jacking a whole bunch of Ethereum through the system. And, oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, and making a ton of money. In fact, mm-hmm. that's that's where Ethereum had its first. Uh, chain fork back in the day when Ethereum split to Ethereum and then what's now called Ethereum Classic. What had happened was the very first ever decentralized autonomous organization that had come out, it made a whole bunch of news. It was everywhere. I put a, like a hundred bucks uh, into it at the time and they their contract was messed up and somebody found this this flaw in the contract and like made five million dollars worth of Ethereum exit the contract into their own wallet. Or something oh, like wow. that. It was a lot of money. And so the Ethereum uh, programmers decided, or the miners or whoever it was, somebody decided, we're going to undo this person taking the money out of, the, uh, out of this DAO, out of this organization. And the people who disagreed with them undoing that went forward as Ethereum Classic and they forked uh, the coin into two different Ethereums. So oh, the yeah, so the Ethereum, the one that's more valuable, is the one that actually went back in time and undid the heist, so to speak. Even though that's something that has never happened with Bitcoin, and a lot of people are against going back and undoing somebody's mistakes like that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we could have undone Mount Gox. I'm kind of glad we didn't. No, I think it's good to just keep going forward. People make mistakes, and they should have to pay the price yeah. uh, of making those mistakes. But they decided differently. 603-283-6160. You can join us. Coming up here, the 51st state. Will it be Washington, D.C.? You can also weigh in on whatever you want on Free Talk Live. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Coinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Coinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds. And tell them AnyPay sent you. Because they're on the fence right now. And your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Coinomi now. Or even better, leave a review in the App Store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Our number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And uh, you can join us there. You can also join our Matrix chat server. Just go to chat.freetalklive.com. That'll take you to step-by-step instructions on how to get involved in that chat server and then uh, you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. They are in there basically around the clock, so please enjoy that feature. We've got a lot of cool features over at freetalklive.com. It's Ian, Bonnie, and uh, nobody is in the studio here tonight. We've been talking about, you know, over the last two nights, some some money-related stuff here on Free Talk Live. Uh, but, of course, we will talk about absolutely anything that you want to discuss and coming up tonight, Bonnie wanted to talk about the uh, Washington, D.C. becoming the 51st state. We are going to get to that, I promise, uh, coming up here in a bit. But I did just want to finish up this story about Argentina and what's been going on there with their interest in cryptocurrency now, which is what having a, D, uh, or a, a dollar, well, 
having a fiat currency that is being devalued leads people to look for other options. And historically, their other options have been to go for other fiat currencies that are not devaluing as quickly, right? So going into the dollar. So an example of that is after Zimbabwe took their quote-unquote dollar, the Zimbabwe dollar, and inflated the hell out of that to the point where, you know, 10 trillion Zimbabwe dollars wouldn't buy you a loaf of bread, uh, you know, they finally got rid of that and uh, and officially went to just using the U.S. dollar. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, we're seeing that happening happening elsewhere, either officially, like in Argentina, where you can still buy dollars legally up to $200 per month, or in Venezuela, where it's sort of unofficial that anyone can do business in the dollar now because it's the only way to stop their people from starving to death. Uh, to, again, in Argentina, where we're focused on this story from Coindesk.com, people want more than $200 worth per month of dollars, but the government won't allow them to legally purchase them, so they're just purchasing stable coins instead. Now, for listeners that aren't familiar, a stable coin is a cryptocurrency token, and a token is it's sort of this thing that exists, it's this digital thing that exists on another cryptocurrency. So in this case, the DAI stablecoin, which is based on the dollar, uh, is exists on the the, uh, the the cryptocurrency known as Ethereum, and Ethereum has a bunch of different tokens that exist on its uh, on its blockchain, and anybody who wants to can go and start their own uh, cryptocurrency token. They can you could go and make uh, coconut coin. If you wanted Bonnie over at the Ethereum blockchain, you could issue coconut a, is my dog. That's right. You could issue a million coconut tokens, or you could issue only a thousand of them, or you could issue a billion of them, and then you could trade them on the Ethereum blockchain as long as you paid whatever the the trading costs were to send them around. So is the um wait what is the country again? Argentina. So is the Argentinian government uh are the government goons there going after crypto like our government goons are going after crypto? That's an excellent question and I honestly I don't have an answer for you because I haven't looked deeply into Argentina. This is actually the first story I've read in quite a while about what's been going on there. Um, so let's just keep going with the, the story. And if somebody knows the answer to that question, feel free to call in at 603-283-6160 because I can answer for Venezuela where they have absolutely raided people's homes for doing Bitcoin mining. Wow. Now, the reason they do it in Venezuela is because the power company is government run and it's subsidized. So when you get a power bill in Venezuela, you're not actually paying the val- the actual cost of that power. You're paying a subsidized cost, which means you're paying less than what you would normally pay. So the government sees using their power because you're using the government's power at a you know at a lowered cost, an artificially low cost to run your computer, which is mining. To right to run the mining computer, so then you get all the Bitcoin from that. It's like they see it as stealing. And so that's what they come after uh, the Bitcoin miners for there. Stealing their hard-earned stolen tax dollars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so 603-283-6160, if you want to weigh in here. According to Ivan Tello, the co-founder of the crypto exchange Decrypto in Argentina, uh, Argentina, the Argentines started buying DAI with pesos and then immediately exchanged them into dollars to save the money in their houses. Save the money in their houses. Okay. Uh, so they exchanged die into dollars 
And that type of saving in Argentina is known as colchón, the Spanish word for mattress, by referring to the common place where they keep their bills. However, over this year, users began to leave their dye in exchanges, said Tello. The economic crisis, and by the way, this was uh, written in the end of 2020. So this was written in December of, of 2020. The economic crisis in Argentina led Argentines to trust the crypto system and to mistrust the traditional system. Argentines have reasons to distrust the traditional system. As we discussed earlier, uh, the, uh, the Argentinian government jacked a bunch of money out of people's bank accounts back in 2001, and they, they learned their lesson. They don't put money in their banks unless it's the absolute minimum that they need to pay a bill or something like that. And Americans haven't learned this lesson yet. Americans, you know, in our lifetimes have not had the kind of economic crisis uh, that the Argentinian people have had to deal with. So Americans still trust banks. Americans still trust the, uh, the government dollar. And I think they're in for a, a wake-up call. You know, given how many dollars were printed in just the year 2020... We're going to see some major, I think, devaluation of the dollar. But going back to the story here, uh, again, they're now seeing more businesses that are interested in Argentina to acquire these stable coins. In Argentina, the price of dye is close to different dollar quotations, some belonging to the black market that emerged after the financial restrictions imposed in 2019. These informal quotations are currently higher than the government's official rate, one of them of a legal nature known as a stock exchange dollar, or dólar bolsa in Spanish, which allows certain bonds to be purchased in pesos and sold for U.S. dollars abroad. However, the most famous quotation is called the blue dollar, commonly traded in illegal exchange offices known as caves and usually hidden behind traditional businesses such as jewelry stores. So this is something I'd like to hear more about, these caves where people are secretly trading uh, crypto for dollars or vice versa. Um, this, This article just sort of barely touches on it, and it sounds really interesting. According to one of the exchange guys, although Dai's quote is close to these unofficial rates, it pr- its price does not depend on them. He says a good mass of Dai at a local level makes the price competitive, he said. The former head of smart contracts at MakerDAO explained in a 2019 talk how he received payments of Dai for his work. He said that he started getting paid in Bitcoin to escape Argentinian capital controls in 2014. He discovered the Ethereum network the next year in 2015, and when he joined MakerDAO in 2016, now MakerDAO is the uh, decentralized autonomous organization that's behind DAI. They make DAI. He started receiving DAI as payments. He says, I've never bought crypto with fiat in my entire life. I have only earned it, he says. Must be nice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is nice. The programmer said that once a month he used to exchange the minimum amount of dye for the Argentinian pesos to pay his expenses, but the rest was left in dye. Although he acknowledged the risks of platforms and smart contracts, he prefers to trust those ecosystems before giving his money to the local government. He said, quote, Dye has implications and good properties that our local currencies, at least now, do not have and may never have. I would rather trust my money to a Gandhi-looking dude with an abacus than my local government. I would rather die. <laughs> yep. You took the words I'd right out of my mouth. Yep. It's a do-or-die situation. <laughs> <laughs> 603-283-6160. So coming up, we'll talk about the uh, the uh, d- 
D.C., Washington, D.C., possibly going to be the 51st state. That's apparently in the news, and Bonnie has that story. We can get into that discussion. Of course, you can bring up whatever's on your mind, 603-283-6160. And honestly, all this talk about dye, it has me wanting to look into it again just to try to better understand the the mechanisms behind the scenes because, as I recall, there were some really interesting things that they had set up to ensure that the price of dye stays at about a dollar. So that's important if you're dealing with a stable coin that's not actually backed by dollars but is, in point of fact, backed by other cryptocurrencies. Uh, yeah, you yeah. want to have increasing security. Yeah. 603-283-6160. That's the number for you. You can join here with us on Free Talk Live and take control of the airwaves. Live, the number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want here as we continue. 603-283-6160. It doesn't have to be money-related. You know, we've definitely done our share of attacking the fiat currency systems out there for the night. Recommend that you learn more about cryptocurrency, as we mentioned, Bitcoin.com. A fine place to go and do that. Uh, in the studio with you here tonight, you've got Ian. Bonnie. And nobody. And uh, Bonnie, you wanted to talk about the 51st state. Will it be Washington, D.C.? Uh, is there like a petition or something like that? What's going on? Um, To be fair, Captain put this in our chat and I stole it from him just because it looked interesting. That's okay. The people put things in there and anyone can use them. So okay. you didn't steal it. It's from NBCNews.com and actually it's um, House and Senate Democrats introduced legislation Wednesday that would make Washington, D.C. the 51st state. Wow. The measure wow. was reintroduced in the House by a uh, delegate. Is that what D-A-L is? D-E-L is? Yeah, probably. Or Delaware, one or the other. Oh. Eleanor Holmes Norton, a Democrat who represents the District of Columbia and its companion. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, a delegate, I think, would be because D.C. doesn't actually have a voting uh, ability when it comes to Congress, as I understand it. So, if you ever see a a license plate from Washington, D.C., it actually has the tag. So, like, you know how New Hampshire's tagline is live free or die on the the license plate? Yeah. D.C. is no taxation or no, it's taxation without representation because D.C. has no voting representation in Congress. So it's like a joke. Yeah, it's definitely a joke. The, the tagline is a joke. Uh, it's sort of a self-deprecating joke, I guess. And but but what they do have, I believe, are these delegates. So they have people who go to Congress who can appear there and sort of advocate for D.C., but they can't actually vote on anything. So I think that's what the delegate is. So she reintroduced um, the measure and its companion, and it was unveiled in the Senate by Senator Tom Carper, um, a Democratic delegate. As of Tuesday evening, Norton said that she had more than 200 co-sponsors in the House. There's never been a time Hmm. um, when statehood for the district was more likely, Norton said in a statement, adding the bill was passed by the House last year for the first time and now had a record 202 co-sponsors. So they passed it last year, but so that must mean it failed in the Senate, I presume. Mm, It doesn't say, but it didn't pass. That's likely what that means. Hmm. So wait, it said it 
it did pass last year? Oh, wait, it passed last year, but it didn't right. become a state. Correct. So. That's probably because the Senate uh, shut it down. Now, is it true that the Had Democrats... either the Senate or the, or the president. Yeah. Is it true that the Senate now is Democrat or not? I feel like I've heard both things. Does anybody know? It, it is Democrat because, like, the Georgia guy won against the girl. But isn't it, like, 50-50 with the tiebreaker being uh, the vice president? Uh, yes, the tiebreaker is the vice president, and I believe what I heard is that she is also the 51st vote. Right, she would be the tiebreaker. Well, isn't that the same thing? Uh, yeah, the, uh, right. the tiebreaker. Right. With the Senate companion bill also gaining co-sponsors, we're ready to achieve voting representation and full local self-government for the 712-plus residents of the District of Columbia, Norton said. Ooh, okay, now this is also likely a Democratic move to give them even more control, right? Because uh, D.C. is highly Democrat. Uh, mm-hmm. D.C. voted like 90% or something like that for Biden this year. So if they can give mm-hmm. D.C. two more senators, and then that'll give them even more control over what's going on in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. Well, it's a Democratic ploy to gain more control for now but ultimately just a ploy to get more control from the whole government well i mean yeah. the government certainly is going to continue to increase its control whether or not this particular bill passes but this will ensure that the democrats have even more so-called representation in washington dc because right now if it is 50 50 and i feel like i've heard that that's the case i don't follow these things uh closely but yeah there was all that controversy over georgia um, that if it is a 50-50 split in the Senate, this would make it 52 uh, to 50. Hmm. So it would give them even more sway over things if this passes. Well, here's a clue. If it's um, backed by the Democrats or like a Democratic uh, plan, it says House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Majority Leader Steny Hoyer have committed to bringing the bill to the floor for a vote. Yeah, uh, and and you know, as long as the Senate doesn't shoot this down somehow, as long as there's not enough of a like, if if one of the Democratic senators switches sides and votes with the Republicans, then it would not pass. Um, so unless they've got every, unless they've whipped every single Democrat on the side of supporting this thing, then it may not actually succeed. But if it does. Then we're looking at a 51st state, and that should get people riled up enough to start talking more about secession, don't you think? Uh, hopefully. It, it makes things more hopeless than yeah. ever for those who don't like the ever-growing central control of everything. How many representatives would they get out of this? I know that representatives are population-based, right? So would they get... Two reps, one rep, three reps. I huh? would. It's. I believe it's a minimum of two. Is it a minimum reps. of two? Okay. Um, and I suspect they would get the minimum. So probably two. Yeah, because New Hampshire's got two. Area. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got a 1.4 million population. I suspect DC isn't that much larger. Yeah. Let's let's see what the interwebs say. But I. Um. I mean, New York City is like 12 million. Yeah, Washington, D.C. population is under 700,000. Oh, okay. So it's less than Vermont? Yeah. Or just over Vermont. Yeah. Vermont's 600,000. And so I, I guess think. however many reps Vermont has would likely be how Which many? Which is also, I believe, too. Mm-hmm. So basically it, gives, it would give Washington, D.C. even more uh, sway over things that are going on. 
Wow. So this is a very bad thing, but at the very least, it could get people more serious about secession. We do have the I Texas mean, uh, representative who introduced the secession bill uh, this week. So Texas yeah. is going to have the chance to vote on uh, a referendum if this passes the Texas legislature. See, to me, that's premature. The first vote should be carried out at the at the federal level, I think. The vote for and, Texas to secede? Uh, no, I think there should be a vote at the federal level um, to basically, uh, on a resolution, that if and when a state chooses to secede, mm-hmm. we will not make war on them. Mm. Yeah, that's a good um, suggestion. I think I would... I think that would be a great place to start. Why don't you call up Rand Paul and see if he can put something out there? Sure, sure. I'll tell him <laughs> I'm his long-lost cousin or something. Mr. Paul, nobody's on the line to speak with you. Yes, nobody Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Is there more that we need to know about this, Bonnie? The story? From the interest of ba- basic fairness, I've always thought D.C. should be a uh, a state because they don't... Uh, I mean, they do pay federal income taxes unlike say puerto rico uh so it seems like you know they should be as badly represented as the rest of us um do the people of dc actually want this because it's being done in their name but is it actually something that those people want to happen there's, I think there's been a pretty strong majority that wanted to be a state for a long time. 603-283-6160. You can join us and share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live, and if you want to join us here, you can do that. The number is 603-283-6160. I want to say thank you to Free Talk Live Amplifier. Reasonable Voice is the name of the amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's a way for you to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the United States, bring new internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. We've got over 190 great radio stations across the United States that air this show. I just spoke with... And three bad ones. Mm-hmm. And three bad ones. Three bad radio stations? <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of the bad ones go away. Uh, they, if they don't like what we're talking about, they usually cancel the show. <laughs> and we've had a few lose, you know, we've lost a few stations over the years uh, because of that. But we actually are getting a station back very soon. I'm not going to say which one yet, but it's in New Mexico. So we'll be back on in a major New Mexican market again. Maybe we'll hear really? from Sarah uh, if all goes well. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but we'll keep you in the loop as far as uh, how's the, how those things develop. And it's thanks to listeners like Reasonable Voice for joining the AMP program for five bucks a month, which you can do with your credit card, debit card, your PayPal, or Bitcoin BTC over at amp.freetalklive.com. And you get some cool perks as well for doing that. So thank you 
Wow. And there's a cliffhanger going there. I still want to find out how things went for Sarah with at Moms Against Cars. Who's Sarah? Ooh, who is Sarah? Can you answer that question? Isn't Sarah the crazy woman who called in and hated cars? Yes. So Sarah is a longtime caller, but she hasn't called in like a year and a half. And she used to call from uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, where she constantly was obsessed with various different traffic laws and specifically the danger of cars. So she wanted to have red light cameras and she wanted to have all kinds of mandates and you know medians. And she had all kinds of ideas for how she was going to stop people from getting hit by cars. Basically. So she had like OCD or something. Yeah. She was definitely obsessed. And I kept referring her to uh, Moms Against Cars, which is a Facebook group. <laughs> um, that... And then we went to the Porcupine Freedom Festival in the year 2019. And when we came back, she never called again. Wow. Yeah, so we don't know what happened to her. Maybe she knows what you did. But we may learn more. Uh, we may hear from her again. You never know. We'll tell you what happens. And again, it's thanks to Free Talk Live listeners who've become amplifiers like Reasonable Voice at amp.freetalklive.com. So, Bonnie, you brought up, brought up this whole D.C. possibly becoming the 51st state thing, which would be a huge deal. I mean, it hasn't happened since Alaska joined the union in, what was that, 1949 or something like that? I believe that was the last uh time it was hawaii then alaska if i recall yeah. correctly so yeah. it's been more and than f- alaska what doubled the surface area of the united states almost. or thereabouts or 50 percent more or something like that yeah, yeah it's a lot crazy big state uh so i mean that was definitely a long time ago i mean that's that's what two generations ago that that happened Huh? More than two, three generations or something like that? If a generation's every 20 years? Four generations if they're on welfare. <laughs> <laughs> they breed quicker. But you th- <laughs> you wanted to get a conversation started about secession, and I think that that will get a lot more people talking about secession if this D.C. proposal to become a state actually starts to get some headwind underneath it. And it, it may very well, because we did confirm it's 50-50 in the Senate. Now, two of the senators are quote-unquote independents. So 48 are Democrats, two are independents, and 50 of them are Republicans. And the independents are like commies, right? Right. The independents in this case is Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders and a guy from Maine who's also like a Democratic caucus guy. Yeah, so they're so. basically Democrats, but they don't call themselves Democrats. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. If you find out, Bonnie, definitely keep us in the loop on that. But uh, since we brought up secession, I I looked, you know, I just looked up secession in the news, and it's nice to be able to click on Google News and look for secession and actually have it be in the news because it is. Yeah. Uh, especially now with the Republican state representative putting forward a bill that is, if it passes, and it probably won't. Because mm-hmm. it will have to pass the Republican House, or the uh, it'll have to pass the Texas House and Senate and Governor, and the Governor's not likely to to sign this. But uh, is the Governor Democrat? I or believe Republican? he's a Republican. I could be wrong about that. I don't. I don't. Do you know, Bonnie? You're from Texas. Oh, he's a Republican, Abbott. The okay. governor? Yeah, the governor. Yeah. yeah, he's a Republican. Are the Republicans in charge of the state Senate and state reps? I don't there? know anything else about the government yeah. in Texas. I don't blame you. Who wants to pay <laughs> attention to that stuff? It's awful. Mm. Uh, but presuming the Republicans are in charge, maybe this bill has a chance of passing. But given the governors in the United States are pretty allied with the United States government and not so much their state governments, I don't think the I don't think Abbott would sign this bill. Um, because he likely is going to do the bidding of the federal government over the, I mean, the people of if Texas. A, if a senile child molester is president, mm-hmm. 
isn't enough to make you want to leave. And Donald Trump wasn't enough to make you want to leave. What would make you want to leave? If you're on the other side. I got to wonder, what would it take? I mean, would how about an alcoholic dwarf tossing uh, half blind <laughs> former rodeo clown would that be enough to make you want to leave <laughs> that actually sounds like a step up from what we have yeah i guess yeah. you're right at least that would it's, be fun it's hard to imagine fun. anything yeah. worse i'd like to watch an alcoholic dwarf tossing rodeo clown that actually sounds oh, especially a- if they tossed out dwarves during yeah. the, the 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 state of the union i've never seen dwarf tossing i mean i would be willing to pay for uh, for that occasion well, That'd be pretty amazing. we don't have that a dwarf, but Bonnie's not that big. <laughs> Can we toss Bonnie? <laughs> That's why I said it sounds inhumane. I don't oh. think I would want to put her in the clutches of any politician at any point. No, no, yeah. no. I, 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 no, no. If, if, if anybody was, <laughs> is going to toss Bonnie, it should be us. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to share an, an opinion piece here. This is from the Dallas Morning News. This is an editorial so remember, editorial is where the entire newspaper editorial staff ostensibly agrees on this subject, and they've written this article. So it's not signed by anyone. Mm-hmm. It's the whole newspaper's editorial staff. Okay. And so this is what they have to say about secession. The headline, secession talk has always been irresponsible. Ah! Now it's dangerous. Secession, they say, is like a bad penny. It keeps turning up every few years, promoted by the most angry fringe of the Texas Republican Party. Well, here we go again. They wouldn't be so angry if they didn't have people trying to control them. Fredericksburg Republican Representative Kyle Biederman has announced plans to file a bill in Austin, and he has, by the way, calling for a referendum on Texas's statehood. Mostly, Texans just ignore this nonsense, as they should. But given the unrest we've seen recently, it may be time to point out what a colossally bad idea this is. First, it's illegal. That much has been proven by Texas itself. In 1869, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in a Texas a case called Texas versus White that the U.S. Constitution provides no legal means of exit for member states. States aren't members of the Union until they change their mind. They're part of a bond the court called indestructible, and the Pledge of Allegiance calls indivisible. Well, the Pledge of Allegiance wasn't written until 1950-something. No, it was the 1800s. It was the 1800s? Yeah, oh, late, they, late added, 1800s. It, uh, they added under God That's in right. 1950s. But it was written written by a socialist it it was written by a socialist bellamy i Mm -hmm. think his name was bellamy is a christian socialist Um, but the uh um wow that's just uh so they're citing the pledge of allegiance as their evidence that the uh the the texas can't leave the united states which that's not that's not legal even if it's even if it's illegal that doesn't make it dangerous they're just saying see it's it's dangerous and that's why it's illegal and the other thing is if you've ever read the articles of confederation the articles of confederation actually start out saying this is a permanent union Mm -hmm. the constitution says no such thing so if we're to take such language seriously then what we need to do is dump the constitution and return to the articles of confederation because Mm -hmm. there is never any legal way to leave that agreement well as i understand it the texas uh constitution actually holds secession as a right um, it's written in there. It has long been said that Texas has 
a right to secede where other states don't? I think a close reading of the Declaration of Independence would indicate we all have a right to secede. I like that. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us. It is Free Talk Live. If you want to join us here in the remaining moments, we may have enough time for you at 603-283-6160. And you can join us in real life coming up at ForkFest 2021. It'll be this summer, uh, and it will be the fifth annual ForkFest, which I'm super excited about. We actually just received an invitation from the boys from AnyPay to broadcast from their dome during Fork Fest 2021, which I think would be pretty awesome. Groovy. So yeah, we're looking at uh, talking with AnyPay about that. They're talking about doing a major upgrade to their dome in 2021. They've had an amazing party dome for the last four years of Fork Fest, and it just keeps mm. getting better and better. They're, they're saying they've got like an even better dome that they're going to be bringing out in 2021. Wow. I'm so excited. I might have to look yeah. into buying that old dome because we need strippers this year. <laughs> Are they going to have the same lighting guy from the New Year's Eve party? Because that was so cool. Yeah, I think they are going... I mean, I can't speak for any pay, but I would guess that they will because they work closely with him. So, uh, yeah, we did have an amazing New Year's Eve party, and it was thanks to the AnyPay guys uh, for for making that as awesome as it could be. So if you missed out on the AnyPay Space Disco in 2020, you may have another chance to attend uh, in 2021 if you attend the fork fest now i don't know what their rules there's always gonna, there's always rules they they're very exclusive in who they allow into their space disco so i can't say for sure you'll be allowed in but there's a chance that Ooh, you will me? uh you the listener whoever oh whoever okay that is. Uh, i was gonna say they always let me in but there will be an awesome dome uh that will be present and they're planning on doing it for both the porcupine freedom <laughs> festival and fork fest so they're planning on keeping the dome there for two weeks nice. in 2021 which is going to be pretty sweet so you'll want to mark your calendar for june 28th through july 4th go to forkfest.party and from what i understand the uh boys in any pay have reserved a new domain name forkfest.com so we may now really? see competing Forkfest websites, which I'm very excited about because Forkfest.party is not the best website in the world, and I'm sure someone else can do a better job. So mm. uh, I look forward to uh, to seeing that happen. From what I'm told, it currently forwards to Forkfest.party for the moment because they don't have anything yet, but they did register mm-hmm. uh, the domain name there. So check that out. Mark your calendar, June 28th through July 4th. It's a decentralized libertarian camping festival, which means that there is no one who is in charge of the event. You get to decide for yourself what to do while you're at the Por- or the uh, Forkfest. And, of course, it comes the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is on its own a fine event so if you can attend both, you probably should try to attend both. If you only can attend one, we will hope to see you at ForkFest. Yeah, I wouldn't miss either of them. Indeed. More fun than a barrel of weasels. So we're sharing with you here an opinion piece from the editors of the Dallas Morning News. They are talking against secession. They say that it is not only irresponsible to talk about secession, but also dangerous and they cite a Supreme Court case from Texas versus White in 1869, where the U.S. Supreme Court claimed that the Constitution provides no legal means of exit. In 2006, the Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia reaffirmed that bond when he wrote, quote, If there was any constitutional issue resolved by the Civil War, it is that there is no right to secede. War does not determine who is right. War determines who is left. Biederman, this is the representative uh, Republican who's uh, put forward a what is basically just a bill to allow a resolution 
So, or a referendum. So, if this bill passes, mm-hmm. there will then be a ballot referendum that is only a suggestion. It's not a mandate. So, if the voters vote for secession or vote to, mm-hmm. you know, support secession, it doesn't actually mean that the state reps actually have to do anything about it. See, I think it would be great if we did a referendum, and I think it would pass. Mm-hmm. Do a referendum in all 50. 50- on on 49 out of the 50 states on whether California should secede. They're the only state that doesn't get to vote about. And mm-hmm. and if if uh if if it passes, we just kick California out. Well, California has its own <laughs> secession movement and they're actually collecting signatures right now. They have to reach 600,000 signatures to get a ballot measure to actually ask the Californians whether they want to leave. So they're working on that. Yeah, uh, they've that got the ball be, rolling on that. That would be a good thing. Biederman is promoting his silly idea, says the Dallas Morning News, and at every opportunity, appearing on Newsmax, Glenn Beck, and Fox affiliate in Austin, he's gathered almost 7,000 signatures on a petition, and he uses wow, Britain's... we got to up our game. We haven't been on any of those places. No doubt. New, <laughs> New Hampshire definitely needs to up its secession game. I agree with you. Yeah. He uses Britain's recent departure from the European Union as an example. But Texas is not Britain, and the USA is not the EU. The European Union is Which a loose... Which means it wouldn't be completely redundant for for that secession to take place, they whereas s- Britain seceding from the UN, from the EU again, would be completely pointless. They say the European Union is a loose <laughs> association of nations that join together with pre-existing protocols for a member to exit. Article 50 of the Treaty on European Union states that, quote, any member state may decide to withdraw from the Union in accordance with its own constitutional requirements. The U.S. Constitution contains no such off-ramps but the declaration of independence does say that if that that the purpose of the government is to secure our liberty and that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of that end it is the right of the people to alter to abolish it it does and in fact the uh state of new hampshire has something very similar in its constitution uh, in article 10 is the right of revolution which basically says the same thing i don't have it in front of me but it's mm-hmm. tantamount to the same thing uh even if we ignore the law it's actually a little stronger in its language it says it's the duty of basically people to uh to do that yeah uh, even if we ignore the law and adopt this unpatriotic plan, there are other problems here. Secession would be massively expensive. If it, well, oh, really? Is it more expensive than paying fifty percent of your income every single year to the federal government? Because yeah, no I doubt, doubt it. I doubt it. Maybe it would be expensive for them because they're getting paid off by the feds in mm-hmm. so many ways. If it were to become a nation, Texas would have to establish its own military, its own citizenship and immigration laws, not to mention new taxes. Oh, no, work for the government. Hmm? Oh, no, work for the government. Oh, they actually have to do things. Yeah, I see what you mean. (laughs) They really don't. They could have a perfectly good militia. And so long as they're not looking to actually go to war with anybody, militia's fine. You only need a military if you want to go invade other people. If Biederman's fancy were to become reality, it would almost certainly mean a Texas income tax. We agree with Plano Representative Jeff Leach, who wrote on Twitter, quote, Based on what you've said the bill does, it seems like the most anti-American bill I've seen in my four-plus terms in the Texas House. It's a disgrace to the Lone Star State, the very definition of seditious, a true embarrassment. That's kind of the point. Yeah, and... Anti-American. Sedition was an unconstitutional law. When did start people start... Pulling that up is something that's bad. Yeah, I mean, if they're attacking this guy over this, he's he's over the he's over the target. You know, yeah. he's getting flack. 
The last thing they charged people with sedition for, as far as I know, was agitating against World War One. Talk of secession, they say, is irresponsible at any time. But just weeks after insurrectionists stormed the Capitol in Washington, the timing couldn't be worse. Well, just That's to be clear. That's not a sign that people want out, yeah. obviously. Just to be clear. We've been talking about secession, and ha- as have the Texans, for much longer than before the insurrectionists stormed the Insurrectionists. Washington. Insurrectionists. Yeah. They were tourists. <laughs> they were tourists. They were selfie-taking, <laughs> overweight, underfed. Uh, overfed, uh, yeah. Overfed yeah. nincompoops who didn't even have the sense to, to, to stone a single congressperson. If Biederman doesn't want to be an Amer- doesn't want to be an American anymore, that's his right. If he wants to move Texas toward an income tax, he's free to promote that agenda, which is not what he's promoting, and even convince a few thousand people to join him. If he's more comfortable in a place like California, where endless referendums have crippled progress, Southwest Airlines is booking flights. But none of those are good reasons for Texas to leave the United States. So this is it. the best they've got is to scare their uh, readers with the the idea of a texas income tax that's it's the best bad, they've got now now let's think of it this way what would you think of somebody who told a woman it's a bad idea to leave your husband he'll probably try to kill you if you mm-hmm. do yeah, to that me wouldn't... that says it's a good idea to get as far away from that person yeah. as you possibly can yeah and anybody <laughs> that's telling you to stay with your abuser you better question their friendship. Let's go to uh, David. He's in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, David. Yeah, the, the uh, U.S. Declaration also says it's it's uh, not only our right, but our duty to throw off such government. But uh, the radio station X in Albuquerque, uh, how long ago did they uh, let you know that they wanted to pick you back up again? Uh, that station just actually I heard from them today, but I heard rumor that it was going to happen last week. Okay, because two weeks ago, uh, uh, on air, uh, 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 the owner of the station read my text to them citing my my wish list for his station, which included Free Talk Live, and he read it on air, and so I'll I'll take credit for that one. All right, David, you got it, man. Thanks for that. You know, it does make a difference. I'll send you five bucks next month. You're you're our amp of the month. (laughs) (laughs) It does make a difference when you reach out to a radio station and you tell them something nice, right? Like, don't tell them that you hate their programs. Tell them that you want to hear Free Talk Live. You know, you Mm -hmm. say something positive to them uh, and compliment what they have on the air if you can. So thank you, David, for that, and thank you for your call tonight. We are out of time, but we'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Check out nobody at electnobody.com. Yeah. LRN.FM's free-to-air satellite feeds blanket most of two continents. It was my goal to put our channel there so people without internet could receive our programs and feed pirate radio stations. As our contract with our satellite provider is coming up for another three-year renewal, I have to consider calling it quits. It's rare that we get feedback or support from our satellite users. We started a fundraiser a few years ago, and though there are a bunch of great contributors to it, as of this recording, it covers 15% of our monthly satellite costs. Please email lrn at lrn.fm and tell me how you use the satellite feed. Better yet, chip in at fund.lrn.fm. The costs aren't the issue. We can afford them, but why continue something not valued by the market? Want to help? You can join our satellite fundraiser for just $2 a month at fund.lrn.fm. If we raise enough to keep both channels on the air, awesome. If we raise more, I'll add more channels. If not, we can shut them down and go internet only. It's up to you. Thank you for your support. Fund.lrn.fm.
Attention gardeners, if you need to grow nutritionally dense vegetables or medicinal herbs this year, listen, because a bioactive superfood for plants is now available. This all-natural superfood for plants is so effective at producing maximum plant growth in minimum time that it almost forces plants to grow, even under the worst light and soil conditions. It's called Proto-Grow, and it's truly remarkable. Vegetables grow faster and contain more bioavailable vitamins and trace minerals. Plants that rarely bloom will flower constantly. Sickly plants become vibrantly alive, medicinal herbs become super potent. Flowers become more vivid right before your very eyes. Proto-Grow also improves the taste quality of all your garden vegetables. That's because it's more than just an all-natural superfood for plants. It's a proprietary blend of bioactive sea nutrients that contain the basic building blocks of life itself, which is why Proto-Grow even renews your garden by increasing the microorganisms in the soil. Learn more at growlikecrazy.com. That's growlikecrazy.com. Get special pricing for network listeners right now at growlikecrazy.com. 